Hey, and welcome to the Deconstructor Fund Podcast. My guest today is Nadav Ashkenazi, VP of Global Partnerships and Business Development Iron Source. And this episode, as you might have guessed, is all about ad monetization. We talked about everything from ad units to market trends to user level data to programmatic mediation. Basically everything and anything you can fit in about one hour of conversation. But most importantly, the focus was on how to get most out of your game's ad monetization. Now, personally, I found this episode to be extremely educating. Uh, for the past 10 years, I've been working for for free-to-play games that are mainly in-app purchase driven. Not mainly, they, they were in-app purchase driven. And with the rise of hyper-casual games, with, with these games making about $160 million in revenue every month, not to mention all the idle games that are probably making equal amount of money through ad monetization, it's pretty clear to say that that Ad monetization is a real option for driving revenues in your game. And also ad monetization is something that that is employed by every single developer from King to Supercell to, to EA and Rovio. So, so honestly, without without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Nadav Ashkenazi and and grab a, a pen and paper if 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 you will, because there's a lot of knowledge dropping in this one. Hello, Nadav, and welcome. Hey, Mishka. Thank you very much. Very happy to be I'm, here. And I'm, I'm happy to to have you on this podcast because this is a topic that I'm I'm actually super interested about. And it's ad monetization. It's it's the type of monetization that I probably know least about. And I'm, I'm hoping to learn a lot about it from you. And, and I hope that, that people listening to this will, will learn as well. But before we kick it off, Please do tell about yourself. Tell about uh, how did you get into games and what is your role at Iron Source? Yeah, so it's actually a funny story. I, I spent most of my life, more than 10 years in the army, uh, flying F-16, doing something that is not connected to games in any way. Uh, but uh, since I uh, le- left the, the army, I wanted to change uh, to a more uh, fun-focused industry and, and gaming of course, was uh, the first thing uh, running on my head when I think about fun. And uh, yeah, since I left the army, I joined Supersonic, uh, which later was acquired and merged with the uh, Iron Source. And today we are uh, one big uh, happy family. And uh, in Iron Source, I'm a VP of uh, Global Partnership and BizDev. It means that in general, I oversee the business uh, side of the mobile activity, uh, monetization, user acquisition uh, from our uh, global offices. So we're pretty spread around the globe with the U.S., Europe, and APEC, of course, and um, focusing on helping games to scale their business on both fronts, UN monetization. Okay, that's a that's a that's a good intro. It's like casually, yes, I was flying F sixteen, <laughs> uh, but now I'm I'm doing something <laughs> fun. <laughs> okay, it's um no, all right, let's <laughs> let's continue from that. So. So ad units, you've been supersonic, and of course, that was an um, ad monetization company, and, and now with Iron Source, and, and basically working on, on ad monetization throughout as long as ad monetization has been on mobile. That's that's what it feels like. Yeah. So, so and, and ad monetization has, has changed a lot, because a few years ago, we didn't have hyper-casual. We didn't have these games that are 
purely admonization driven. We had sort of a normal casual games, the mid-core games, where the admonization played a smaller role. And and we still have those. I mean, the Golf Clash uses as admonization. If you start the game, there's the free coins on the left. It's kind of like non-scalable option. Probably some players use it, but I don't imagine the... Uh, the, the ARP DAO being too high on that. We see games that are really high in in-app purchase uh, monetization, like Empires and Puzzles with 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 giant audience. They are they have persistent uh, ad monetization element on on the screen. Um, more and and of course games like like Zeptolabs uh, Cats, which which have added this sort of um almost like a story driven demand driver for for ad monetization where where it feels like you're going to see a movie and then of course the the almost the original ad monetization uh in mobile games in heyday where it was uh where you found a ticket lying on in the grass and you clicked on it and you can watch an ad and they get an, a small piece so those used to be the the you know the the monetization drivers and then you know play developers had a little bit fun with them but they weren't that big of an effect versus what they are right now, and especially in hyper-casual games. So can you talk a little bit about, about the, uh, the different type of ad units and how you've seen the, the market changed with, with ads? Yeah, sure. So uh, we usually uh, divide here ads into two families. One will be the user-initiated, and the second will be system-initiated. User-initiated are usually rewarded ads, right? Because the user has an interest in initiating an engagement with ad. And this is exactly the uh, main ad units that we saw, let's say, until one year ago. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. this is also the only ad unit, if I look at Supersonic or Iron Source, a year and a half uh, back, this is the only ad unit that we supported. We didn't support any of the interstitial banners and the ones that we support today. And, And I think that... As you look at the industry back uh, uh, at, at games with a strong in a purchasing economy, mm-hmm. rewarded ads or user-initiated ads were the uh, main ads that uh, were served there. While today, when we're speaking about hyper-casual and, and, and other more casual uh, genres, we see a, a system-initiated like interstitial, banners, and native growing uh, and even matching the uh, volume and scale of uh, user-initiated rewarded video mainly. And it's 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 an insane trend because in general we see that the industry almost doubled the ads impressions a day since hyper casual grew so much and and system initiated ads grew with it. But I think that it's very very important always to differentiate between these two families of user initiated and system initiated because everything is 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 different, right? The way that you implement it, the way that you optimize it. And, and we can review uh, ad unit one by one, depends on how do you want to uh, flow with it. But but I think that the first step will be to distinguish between these two families and then to drill down into each and each family and understand how can you optimize and how can how you should you use uh, each ad unit. Mm-hmm. Do you see that the, the system initiated ads? I mean, we used to have those before. I mean, Chartboost, probably a good example um, of a company that did it. Do you think that that these system initiated ads um do they work i mean it's not that do you think you know but do they work as well in in more of the in-app purchase heavy games or or is it more for these casual or arcade games yeah so at the end of the day when you're speaking about using ads in your game what you want to achieve is to maximize your ltv right you want to have as highest uh, ltv or arpu as possible and and when i look at these two families when we speak about 
user initiated ads usually you see that adding these uh, kind of ads reward video as an example will increase both your revenue from ads and your retention and many many times your revenue from IIP mm-hmm. while using system initiated ads uh, following your questions usually will increase your average revenue per daily active user mm-hmm. right the ARP though that you are generating but it will hurt your uh, uh, retention and I think that for IIP based games most cases the damage that uh, uh, the, the revenue damage that uh, reducing your retention numbers is generating usually doesn't compete with the added value of the revenue that you get from there exactly. is why I, I don't think that many IIP strong IIP based uh, uh, games will add interstitial and will generate higher LTV by using this interstitial unlike of course other families which the damage to the retention is still justifies the uh, uplift of the revenue you can generate from this ad unit. So mm. if you're asking me at where we're at now, interstitial and banners ECPM is not strong enough to be a dominant uh, uh, ad unit in IAP-based games. So uh, I have to ask him an additional question regarding that. So do you, is there an example where, where um, a, a game is targeting... users that that they can clear user segments that they can clearly see will not bring any kind of revenue or, or potential um, churning users with system initiated ads to yeah, kind of yeah great question so I think it's the only way to actually use uh, interstitial or other ad units for IP games is if you have a, 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 a very good way to do segmentation mm-hmm. right and, and and segmentation I would say maybe it's stage B. Because stage A is, it will be to have a very well mechanic to predict users' behaviors, right? Mm-hmm. So if, let's say, after day three, you already have a tool to predict that this user with a very, 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 very high probability be- won't become a payer, then you can start thinking about, okay, how do I increase rewarded ads more there? How do I put system-initiated ads? And, and I think that... We see the industry going uh, to this direction. Segmentation is already a feature that is being supported by most of the big players out there, Iron Source and others, of course. And, and I think that as, as the game developers become more and more sophisticated regarding their ad monetization strategy, which they are not at this stage, right? Mm-hmm. The, the level of sophistication is not the same as we have in IIP. In IIP, we actually have this prediction, the segmentation. We give different packages to different users. While for ads, it's pretty straightforward autopilot uh, strategy. But I think as we are becoming more uh, sophisticated and, and, and uh, games, even IIP games, will be able to, to predict and segment their users into different groups. And then they might be able to use uh, interstitial and banners to actually increase the average LTV of their users. Mm. Uh, there are a few that are doing it very well. Uh, pretty simple, I think, criminal cases is one example for a very solid company that has a very good uh, uh, way to predict uh, the probability of a user to become a payer and then to adjust their ad monetization strategy according to these groups. Mm-hmm. We do have others that are doing it in a, a, a nice way, but I think that it's something that will grow in 2019, or at least I hope, Because definitely if you do it, you can maximize much more and generate much more uh, revenue and, and higher average LTV. Mm. And when usually when we're talking about ads, we're always talking about how does it hurt, you know, how, what kind of monetization impact it will have and how does it hurt retention. But I wanted to ask you this kind of question is like, can you use ads and video ads and ad units to 
improve retention for certain segments? Like, is 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 there cases where where that has been done? I don't know if through through some kind of rewarding system and maybe offering a little bit more value through through watching ads. Yeah, great. So uh, uh, here I go to the to the two families that we discussed in the beginning, and if we're speaking now on user initiated ads, which is rewarded video and offer world, these are the two ad units that are uh, uh, belong to this family. If you are using reward video ads right, it's actually a win-win situation in a sense that one, you will generate incremental revenue from rewarded video, right? Because you're generating uh, impressions and ECPMs and, and you get more uh, revenue. Second, usually you will be able to increase your retention by using user-initiated ads, mm-hmm. right? And also, if you look at the uh, assumptions behind it, right? User-initiated ads are ads that are being shown only if the user want to and how often that he asked for and, and he it shouldn't have any negative impact on users. It doesn't even make sense because again if a user watch an ad it's only because he chose to watch an ad. Mm. And I think that and, and, and again it's not a, I think we did many, many a, a long processes with, with few IAP based companies that didn't use ads at all and now these days adding more and more ads into the game with rewarded ads. And we saw that almost in all cases adding rewarded ads it will increase your average retention and, and, and will increase your total uh, LTV. The big question, by the way, for rewarded ads, as I see it, is how can you make sure that it isn't cannibalizing your IAP, or at least that the uplift from rewarded ads is more than the cannibalization that you might have from IAP, mm. if you do have. Uh, but uh, uh, definitely, we see that rewarded ads many, many times increase retention. And even if you know how to use it smartly, you can, you can use rewarded ads to fix leaks in your funnel, right? So many times you know that the user, after level four drops because it becomes too, uh, uh, too hard or too complicated the game, and, and if he's not becoming a, a payer, that he usually, then, then he usually drops. And then maybe adding there a rewarded uh, ad unit that will allow him to gain some, not much, but some virtual currency to keep playing and to survive this a potential a, a retention risk, you can even impact your retention much more and smartly increase and improve the total funnel of the user throughout the game. Mm. Yeah, and a, a good, good a, like most simple example of that would be probably like Soda Saga where you can watch an ad to get one or three extra moves uh, when you when you fail a level. So that there, I mean, that's, a cle- that's the most simple retention a retention driver through ads that I know is is just watch an ad and you can play a little bit more because you just got stuck. So so yeah, I mean, and then of course idle games are are good good examples of 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 sort of a driving retention through an ad because they give you a boost for a certain time, and so you've kind of paid the price of for that boost by watching the ad. So why not continue playing? So yeah, yeah. I just thought about those after asking the questions. There are some examples where where actually uh, ads can increase retention either session session length or or you know add another login to your session account so exactly. yeah all right that's that's interesting so do you want to move and talk about the market trends a little bit yeah sure. so we'll talk uh, about the hottest monetization yeah. trends at the moment yeah so i think that there are a few different things that are becoming more and more interesting um maybe i'll start with the user level data because i think that today it's it is definitely the hottest uh, trend in our industry and in that sense it's, it's also connected to what you started this podcast with uh, about a uh, hyper casual and i think that again if we look two years back three years back 
most of the games were generating revenue only from IAP, right? And, and if you're generating the very most of your revenue from IAP, then you do have user-level data because thanks to tracking and, and, and everything, you, you do know exactly which user uh, spent uh, how much in your game. And then you know, one, to build the right segmentation tools and to offer the right package to the right group of users. Then you know to do smart user acquisition, right? Because you know the quality of each uh, uh, user acquisition channel and every app and app that you bought users from. And, and you can maximize your game. And, and I think that, as you said, in the past year, two years, a big portion of the industry moved into casual, hyper-casual, ad-based games. And in that sense, everything that related to data was left behind because if you look at, at ad-based games today, most of them cannot correlate revenue to any user or group of users or even UA channel. So they usually bid the same for all UA channels because they don't know what is the quality. Maybe they count on retention or other things, but it's not real revenue. And, and in that sense, they are kind, kind of left behind comparing to IAP-based games that do have the data and can do the smart user acquisition and can do the smart segmentation. And, and I think that one of the hardest trends that's happening uh, these days, and again, it's, it's still not uh, throughout the industry, so many of the players out there still are not there or even not planning to be there, but I think that one of the hardest trends is, is, is to cooperate uh, ad networks and, and, and the game developers and share this user-level data so the game developer will be able to, one, smartly understand what is his quality per channel and then do effective user acquisition with the right bid, uh, per the right LTV per channel, plus start doing segmentation and, and, and start analyzing his groups of users and, and, and adjust the strategy according to the LTV that he gets from each group mm -hmm. of users. So can I ask just a... Uh, a dumb question. So user level data means basically that that as as you acquire users from a certain channel, uh, you set up a certain triggers in your game. And as those triggers are passed, that's the user level data that that will allow you to bid less or more for those users. So if they trigger the higher triggers, so they, I don't know, spend or, or get further in the game or so forth, then you are pushing uh, you're bidding higher because you're understanding that those are the users that are actually uh, are the most valuable for your for your game. Yeah, so I think that today what you should do is 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 look at revenue mm -hmm. at dollars because this is what we know to measure. So if 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 we we'll, if we we'll speak about how let's say Hypercasual did user acquisition a few months ago, they did it basically according to what you said, which is retention, right? They look okay if I buy users from. A, a Unity ads from a, a application Y, the average retention is X, and then I assume that the ret retention is correlated with revenue, and then I know what is the average LTV of these users that I bought from Unity ads from site X, and then I bid accordingly. But what we what we see and what we uh, saw during the process that we did in the past few months is that there is a big difference between retention and revenue. And, and, and just to understand this, so first of all, retention is only one dimension, right? So you have also session length. And, and when you are speaking about ads revenue, you want to understand that user A, how many impressions did he saw, did he see, right? And if you look only on retention that you are missing the session length because someone with a shorter retention, but very, very high session length will, will see more impressions than others. So this is level one, understanding the impressions per user throughout his uh, uh, life. Level two will be, even if user, if, even if two different users watch the same amount of, of, of impressions, 
did they generate the same revenue? So today, if we are speaking about hyper-casual trends, and you can speak about it as well, we are usually <clears throat> seeing a waterfall of 40, 45 instances, line items of ad network A with $45, ad network B with $40, ad network C with $35, anywhere between $60 to $5. And we see that some users are being served with the line items of $5, It, it means that they are, gener- they are generating less than a cent per impression. And some users are being served with the line items of the uh, $40, which means that they are generating four cents per impression. So even if you have the same amount of impressions per user, it doesn't mean that you generate the same revenue. And if you really under- want to understand and want to be at the same level as IIP-based games are, you need to understand the dollars that you generated per user and not his retention, his session length, or even his impressions number, because they all would be very different than the dollars that you actually mm, generated. Okay, got it. So, and then the, uh, that do- dollars generated per user, depends on the quality of a user. So, uh, got, okay, got it. Okay. That's so, so this is, so, hmm, see, I'm processing the information as we go. So user level data is, 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 yeah. is mainly, is that mainly used for, for hyper casual games or, Or is it as effective in, in, in games driven by in-app purchase? Because what I'm thinking about is, is if we start focusing on so, so quickly on monetization. And a lot of games, uh, especially games that, that you know, our studio is working on, is they are, they're more like long-term long monetization. So, so you know, the monetization might not happen in the beginning, but it might happen in a few days. And then those players keep on spending for a year on. So does, does the user level data apply for that as well? I think that user level data should be used by anyone that is generating more than 25% of its revenue from ads. So even mid-core games that are generating even 60-40 in favor of IAP, still, they want to know who generated the 40% ads revenue for them and, and to calculate the real LTV and the real uh, uh, revenue per user. That's, that's, a good, that's a good idea. Okay, that's, that's clear. Uh, so... Do you want to talk about programmatic? Yeah. And, and so the, the next thing, the next hottest trend that you'll hear uh, everywhere is, is programmatic uh, uh, mediation. And, and just to understand maybe the flow of, of how mediations uh, evolved during the past uh, few years. So if we look at, I know, two years back, you'll see that most of the mediation waterfalls were probably either auto-optimization with one line item per ad network. So you have one item of iron source, one app login, one Facebook, one AdMob, etc. cetera. Uh, then a year ago, we saw, again, with, with the growth of hypercasual, we saw the waterfall moving into multiple line items uh, per ad network. And we also see all the ad networks getting into this world and start supporting uh, um, uh, multiple uh, uh, ad calls. And, and this is kind of a halfway to programmatic because what, what you do is that you're actually dividing your waterfall into 50 or 40 line items with all the prices and every impression, every user, you hope that he will be served as high as possible in the waterfall with the $45 commitment and not with the, and what, not with the $5 commitment. But again, it's not a full competition because you have some uh, line items that are only at the 10th place and they might be able to mm. pay the highest price. And programmatic is, is going to kind of accomplish or complete this uh, movement into the highest level of competition per impression. And at the end of the day, the goal of programmatic 
is to make sure that for every and every impression, you're going to generate the highest uh, uh, revenue, right? So you, you're open all the networks to bid and to say how much they uh, agreeing to pay maximum for this user and hopefully to get the highest price per uh, user and to get two things out of it. First, maximize uh, revenue per impression. Second, uh, maybe to kind of uh, squeeze a little bit the ad network's margin even more and to get more uh, uh, out of the total pie of the advertisers. So, so let me, let me kind of like go back and, and ask if I understood correctly. So by line items previously, so in the first version of Waterfalls, was it functioning in a way that, that let's say, you know, I am adding a monetization unit into my game or ad monetization channel. So whatever video ad, let's put it video ad um, that is opt-in. Uh, and the way I've set up the waterfall is I would say, well, Iron Source gives me the highest value from video ads, so that would be number one. And then when they run out of inventory, it's going to be Vungle. And then when that runs of inventory, I'm going to go with Ad Colony. And I'm going to put those three in, and that's going to be my waterfall. Was was that – that okay. And then it turned into, into multiple line items where it's – you know, the number one is whoever is number one. It's either one of those three that can generate the higher. And then the second one is is either of some other three or other four that will generate the highest and so forth. And then you go through the inventories. Exactly, because in the first example that you gave, at Colony, let's say, in fourth position, maybe they have one impression with the highest ECPM. Their average ECPM will be low, will be in the fourth position, but they have one impression with $100 ECPM. But since you can't break down uh, their uh, campaigns into different positions in the waterfall, you will miss this $100 uh, campaigns for the first impression because you have Ironsoft and then Vangel, and until it gets to Ed Colony, it's also the sixth impression, and it's not interesting Got impression it. for them. Got it. Okay, perfect. And then with the programmatic, it's basically free for all. It's just... <laughs> Uh, whoever can can give the highest ECPM. Exactly. Programmatic should make a, a 100% the most open competition nice. per impression. All right. So so uh, let's talk about other stuff. Let's talk about playable ads and increasing ad frequencies and so forth. Yeah. So again, I think that in, in that sense, by the way, I think that many, many of the good things that are happening in our industry are thanks to the rise of hyper-casual because Hypercasual had not no choice but pushing the user acquisition and ad monetization performance to the edge, right? Because they based only on that, they had to push themselves and the ad networks to do the maximum. And I think that creative is one of the things that got improved a lot in the past uh, a year, thanks to hypercasual. Because at the end of the day, if you are a hypercasual advertiser and your average bid is 50 cents, let's say, in the United States, it means that you need at least, let's say, 35, 40 IPM installs per 1,000 impressions in order to get scale uh, from the user acquisition perspective. Does that make sense or, or should I like elaborate a little bit how? So basically you're going numbers? through and, and describing the uh, the funnel conversion, If I'm, am I correct? Uh, so the way that you get, uh, uh, let's say, installs or scale from any ad network, from Facebook to to any anyone else, is is by the ad, by the ECPM that you are generating as an advertiser, right? Uh, if you have highest ECPM as an advertiser, you will get all the impressions of the ad network and you will get the maximum amount of installs. Uh, and 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 the ECPM that you get as an advertiser depends on two things. One is what is your bid, 
And second, what is your IPM in stores per 1,000 impressions or how well your creatives convert users from impression to install, right? So let's say that hyper-casual, we want to see about 35 installs mm-hmm. per 1,000 impressions. For a match three games, it will be more around four installs per 1,000 impressions. But as their bid is so high, four installs is one, out of 1,000 impressions is enough, right? So if they have a bid of $4, and they have four installs per 1,000 impressions, they have an ECPM of $16 as, as an advertiser, which is decent to get some scale in the United States. Right, and, and, and what hyper-casual that came with such a low uh, a bid, because if you look two years back, hyper-casual didn't do any way, right? So Ketchup, which is probably the biggest and first hyper-casual, they never did pay you, paid UA until now, until these days. And they usually enjoyed only organic and cross-promotion between the, their different games. But once Hypercasual decided, yes, I want to start do UA, I want to be high in the charts as well, then they understood that they also need to have a very, very, very converting creatives. Because they need to generate 35 installs per 1,000 impressions and not five installs like uh, King or Machine Zones or other are generating in order to compete with these kind of companies. And then we got into advanced or innovative creatives that can generate this high conversion unlike what we used to have uh, mm. uh, two years back, which is exactly all the things that you mentioned in the beginning. And, and just to speak about it, I think that it's also became a, 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 big, a, a big thing for all the, all the game developers and the ad network in a sense that I think that today every uh, studio, every, every game developer will have his own creative studio or a creative designer. Every ad network will have their own creative house. We have in Iron Source 40 people that this is all they do. All they do is, is playworks, is our creative house because we understand that today is probably one of the most important things. If you manage to build a creative that is performing much better than the other creatives, you are the one that will get this game into the top five in the United States. So, so basically, and, and, what you yeah. uh, basically so, so what you're saying is, is uh, the better the creative, the smaller the bid can be. So that that allows you to purchase more traffic. Okay, and and yeah, so that makes it a very good investment. <laughs> uh, one of the most important investment, and and today for hyper casual, it's a go no go. If if you don't have a good performing creative. You, you'll just uh, uh, won't, uh, won't be able to, to get any scale on the user acquisition. We, by the way, we built here a, a, an even advanced platform uh, for our creative house where we treat the creative just like game developers treat the ad, the, the game itself, sorry. What does it mean? It means that we, when we build a, a playable, let's say, and we launch it with a partner, then we are analyze several KPIs throughout the uh, throughout the uh, playable experience, just like you are analyzing the same uh, uh, funnel for, uh, for your game. So we look at retention, we look at engagement rate. We see how, what share of users start playing the, cre- the playable. Then we see the drops. Where, where, where does users drop throughout the experience of the creative? We see uh, uh, what is the win rate and lose rate if you play the game. We see that what is the CVR, CTR of the winning players of the creative comparing to the losing players of creative. And then we understand, should we make it more challenging so more users will fail throughout the creative or should we make it more easy so more users will win and then we'll be able to convert more of them to the store. So the, the, the level of expertise around creatives got to this level 
And we see that sometimes it, it, this what can kill or make a game big. Um, if I'll give you one example, maybe it's Plank by Quali, which we did a long process with them uh, before the launch. And most of the creatives, including video, including video plus interactive end card that they built, that we built, were not converting at all. And we had a playable that we built with few different versions. And one specific version of our playable generated an insane IPM of more than 40 that allows them to get to the top five in the United States with 50 cents bid. And, and finding this creative is what made this, be, this game big or small and, and it affects hyper-casual mm. and then is it is it so like uh, anecdotally I heard that, that in the hyper-casual games the creatives were or the playable ads where, where a person fails in the playable ad actually uh, convert better than the ones where the uh, player wins in that playable ad so we actually see different differences between genres so we see that for hyper-casual if the user is losing in the playable his CTR and, and conversion will be higher We see this for match three as an example. If the user wins the playable, <laughs> his CTR is higher. So it really depends on, on, on the type of game and what experience do you want to generate. Hypercasual, they want to generate experience of, of, of challenging. And, and right, this is hypercasual. You play it for five minutes, you want, you want to be challenged. And, and if you lose in the playable, it looks, wow, this is an interesting game. This can challenge me. Well, let's say match three or even slots games. All you want to do is win, right? The, the, the concept of slots is to win and to enjoy the, the feeling of winning. And, and, and if you give it in the playable, then the, uh, uh, potentially you will be able to convert mm. more uh, users that, to that's, that's awesome. Okay. So uh, can you talk about more about the increasing ad frequencies? Is that, is that basically through hyper-casual games that are just trying to, I mean, not trying, they need to monetize better and better. So they're showing more and more ads and that has kind of grown uh, as a trend. Yeah, so I think that it happens in, in, in two different worlds. One will be the hyper-casual, as you said, which use mainly uh, system-initiated, like interstitial and banners, and they have no choice, right? For, for, the, for them, the game is, how can I maximize the LTV and show as many impressions, ad impressions as possible in order to generate revenue? And, 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 and here it's, a, it's, a, it's kind of a balancing game because at the end of the day, you can show... Uh, an ad impression every 10 seconds or every 30 seconds or every two minutes, right? What will be the right number? And, and, and I think that here what's important for any hyper-casual to game to measure is not the ARPDAO, not the retention and not the number of impressions, but the LTV. Because if you will show more impressions per user per day, let's say you will show 20 uh, interstitial impressions per user per day, I can promise you that your ARPDAO, average revenue per daily active users, will be the highest. Right, might be even 20 cents, 15 cents, which is insane for hyper-casual ARPDAO. But your retention would be so low because the UX won't be uh, uh, very enjoyable that your total LTV will probably stop at around 25 cents because, because of the retention. If you show only one impression per user per day, then your retention will be much, much longer, right? It's, it might be crazy day seven, but, but at the end of the day, you won't be able to monetize a lot uh, with, uh, with one impression per user per day, and you won't be able to generate uh, LTV that will allow you to make revenue and purchase and, and acquire users. And the balance of how many impressions per user per day should be decided only, only by LTV, right? You need to go to four, which means like, let's say every 30 seconds or every 45 seconds, see what LTV does it generate. 
uh, including both RFDAO and retention, and, and, and change the numbers, and, and constantly, by the way, A-B test, because it's also affected by the users that you buy, right? If you're doing more user acquisition and get more other users from hyper-casual that came from hyper-casual ads, then your uh, ability to monetize them is higher. And then you can increase a little bit the ad frequency. But in order to do it, you need to have a very good A-B test tool. By the way, I think that in our industry, if you don't have a very good A-B test tool for your games, you are kind of leaving a lot on the table. But you need to have an A-B test tool and constantly see what is the right uh, ad frequency that will generate the uh, highest LTV for you. This was for hyper-casual games. I think for non-hyper-casual games, IAP-based, even for rewarded video, we see growing uh, uh, amount of impression. You mentioned the uh, Cats by Zeptolab which for instance are doing great job and generating insanely amount of impressions, rewarded video impressions per user. And here it's not a game of, it's not the same game as for a, a system initiated because here you cannot decide what would be your ad frequency, right? The only, the, the user decides how, how many ads to watch uh, per day. And here, the way to increase your ad frequency, it, it, it's, it's more complicated. It's by generating the right, uh, uh, the right flow to make the user to choose watch more ads. Right, by choosing the right reward, by making it visible, by putting it in the right place and the right timing. And this is what helps you to, mm, to that's, increase that's your a, That's a good, good notion because a lot of the times that, you know, especially with, with the type of games that we're making, we might be, we might be cornering our head of mon- ad monetization and asking, like, how many impressions do you do we need to show to get the maximum effect? Like, how many video ads per day? How many video ads per user and so forth? And, and that seems to be an impossible question to answer because it all depends. So what you're saying is keep on looking at the ad LTV of the players and keep on A-B testing. And as, as players are coming through different sources, just keep those testing running constantly and understand better of what your ad LTV is at the moment and how do you generate it and how is it changing based on based on the uh, the quality of users and the source of your users. Damn. Exactly. More problems. I thought it would be much easier. <laughs> <laughs> But this is the way to skew, to skew, yeah. to squeeze the lemon more and more. It, it gets more complicated. You need to get more sophisticated in order to enjoy. And 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 there's more developers moving in this direction in order to stay competitive. You have to do it as well. You I, can, you can now now I understand it better. But yet we're, we're it, it's complicated. What we're trying as a developers to make it easier. We're just asking, just give us a number and we'll do it. Like we'll design it around that number. <laughs> but. So, so what we do now, by the way, we are now developing a feature. I, I hope it, uh, that that will mm-hmm. that will do the A/B testing for you and will find the right number for you. So, what we want to do in our mediation level is to that you will allow us always to run A/B test. We will run the A/B test on ten percent of your uh, uh, users, and we will be able to tell you, hey, this is the right ad frequency at the moment for you, and even maybe to adjust the ad frequency according to to what we get there. So we, we are we are moving into automation because as you said, everything is getting complicated, more and more complicated. So we are trying to automate as many processes so developers will be able to enjoy the sophistication of doing it right without going through the operational work, which is insanely big, of what needed today in order to make it right. So I think that the right product can can make all of our okay. life that's, that, that, that would definitely help because I'm just thinking about how many A-B tests we're running and so forth. And if we have to run A-B tests also on the, uh, the ad monetization, that's, that's, uh, that's another, another element more. Um, so, so can we talk about um, data, data regarding ad revenue per user 
and how to take how to use that data to take the admonization to the next level. Yeah. So first of all, uh, you need to understand where can you get this data from today. So today you have a few different options. You have one is taking it from the tracking solutions, right? So uh, for instance, AppFlyer, you can have an event every time the user watch an, an ad, and then they know the number of ads per user. And then they take their average ECPM of, of your game in, in, in the country, and then they multiply it by the number of impressions and give you the revenue per uh, user. So this is how AppStar, as an example, are doing it. Or, or we have other, other tracking companies, of course, that are doing pretty similar method. Uh, this is option number one, how to get this data of user level uh, ad revenue. Option number two will be from the mediation itself. Uh, so our resource is doing it today. And, and I think that other mediation is still not doing it, but I have no doubt that that they will do it uh, soon. And and here you do get an advantage over the tracking companies because you, you have the same ability to measure impressions per user like the tracking companies are doing using the events. But here you also know which line items serve the impression, right? So we know that uh, Facebook from the first line item of $50 commitment served user A, B, and C. And then we give them a five cent revenue per this impression. And we know that for other users, they were served by other ad network for only $2 at the bottom of the waterfall. And here it's 0.2 cents per impression. This is data that the tracking companies, of course, do not have, uh, only the mediation platform itself. And, and then you can actually have the real dollars revenue that you generated uh, per user. If we are speaking about programmatic, which will kick in soon, then it will be exactly the same. The mediation uh, provider knows exactly how much revenue you made per user, who won the auctioning, and how much you paid for the for showing this impression. And, and, and my recommendation for game developers is to use the mediation data, if it's accessible for them, uh, before they use the tracking, because it has the, the, the one further dimension of which, which revenue, which ECPM uh, uh, was uh, served per, uh, uh, per uh, impression. And... I think that uh, the next level is how to, so this is how you calculate the data. Uh, how do you use the data? So today there are a few different ways to use the data. One, you can uh, get it as an API, right? By API call and then uh, put it in your uh, BI stack or whatever and then see all the data there. Second is, of course, to connect it to your tracking company data and then see the uh, ROAS, the ad ROAS, and then the full ROAS, including both ads and IAP per source and, and build smartly. And of course, in the user acquisition platform the, of the provider itself. So for instance, if you are using iron source mediation, you do get the ad revenue data in our user acquisition platform and your ad ROAS per source. And, and we spoke a little bit about automation, right? A few minutes ago, and I think that this is another important uh, uh, dimension to, to explore is that, as I said today, after if you are starting to collect user ad revenue, then you will see suddenly that the ROAS per source or per application that you are buying from is very different. Specific, uh, specific application will have uh, 75% day three ROAS and other will have 40%, right? It might be because of retention, because users from this uh, application plays less, but it also can be that the quality of the users is lower. And even though the retention is good, the, the data science of the ad networks decide to serve them an impression only with the low instances, with the $4 commitment instances and not the $40, right? And you want to buy as many users as possible 
from the, the data science of Facebook, let's say, will decide to serve them impression for $45 and not for $4. And once you get all the data, you see that there, is, there are huge differences uh, between uh, quality and ROAS per source. And one of the other tools that we added uh, just recently in order to make our life easier is auto-optimizer, bid optimizer, which you give us the ROAS goal, we see the ROAS per source, and we adjust your bid on a daily basis across thousands of apps according to the quality that you get from each app and app. So you don't need to do it like you do it to these days of first, not having the data, second, to calculate it manually every day and see what is the retention per source, okay, what is the average LTV per source, okay, what is, should be the bid that they pay per source. Of course, you, that you cannot do it for 1,000 apps. Usually, we'll do it only for your top apps. And if you're using an automation uh, tools like bid optimizer, then you don't need to do anything. The, the mediation collects the user ad revenue, the UA platform shows you the user ad revenue and ROAS per source, and the bid is changing automatically on a daily basis according to the quality that you get uh, per source, and then you get more quality users and less low-quality users. And, and, and in that sense, RSS today is the only mediation that uh, provides these this features, but I have no doubt that, that, that other right, will follow. So return on, on ad revenue spend and, and how to optimize that. Okay, that's... Uh, I will have to listen to this podcast probably several times afterwards. Just, just, just do it. With it. And I'm trying to take notes as you're as you're speaking, so I'm processing at the same time. Um, okay, so uh, let's let's talk about then the best practices. If 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 you don't have anything to add, please do add because I, I mean I'm out of questions because this is this is I'm just listening. <laughs> um, yeah. So so best practices and and you yeah, know, cool. squeezing the lemon. Uh, how can let's say um let's say I have a game that that um that most of the revenue is coming from in-app purchases and I have a mid-core game. How can I how can I get more out of out of ad monetization? And I know the elements on how to push players to 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 watch more ads, but then what? Like like how can I how can I get more? Yeah, so a uh, great question. So I think that first first question before you even start thinking about designing your ad monetization strategy is to answer, am I IIP-based or ads-based, right? If I'm IIP-based, as you said, I, I, first, I, I always recommend to start with user-initiated ads, right? Leave the system-initiated ads last mm-hmm. and don't add them both together because then they are affecting each other and you can't really pure and, 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 and kind of understand what happened because of what. So start with the user initiated, let's say rewarded video. You, most of the times, offer is also something interesting that we can discuss, definitely for IAP games, but let's start with rewarded video. Uh, start all, 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 always with this. And, and, and I, would, I would recommend first to start with the one placement and the most uh, uh, common one, right? One, one, one should be in the main screen, connected to the soft currency of the game, so it won't compete with, with your hard currency and your uh, IIP strong currency. It might even, if you can, by the way, disconnect it from the currency at all, right? If, if you can give, you said cats by Zeptolab. So for instance, they give rewarded video in exchange of shortening your waiting time uh, for the next uh, chest to be open, right? And, and here in that sense, you are not competing with IIP. You won't cannibalize your IIP, right? Because there shouldn't be any strong correlation between these two. And you're going to, one, generate more revenue because you're going to have rewarded video impressions now. Plus, you might improve your retention and session length because 
users can 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 stay longer and they can watch videos and then get the chest open and then to play more and then to make faster progress so what I would always recommend is start with one placement as simple as possible if possible disconnected to the currency so it won't compete with IP and see the effect just get the the first sense of how rewarded video ads affecting your uh, game what I hope that you will see is that you will see that L- that arpuda is going up because you have incremental revenue and from ads and it doesn't cannibalize any of your IP and you're going to see hopefully that retention goes up right definitely if you're going to a placement like out of lives usually out of lives you, you sell this but many many times it's not converting because users prefer not to spend money on out of life and but to wait a few hours until it will refill and adding a reward video placement there will just increase the session length and then you'll see that the user plays more uh, plus getting you're getting revenue from a rewarded video plus you might be able to convert more to IAP so start with this and and slowly add placements I think that you need to have about four or five placements for rewarded video this would be a, a good a, a good best practice and it's very important that the four or five placements of rewarded video will have different reward because at the end of the day as we said the the magic about rewarded video is is that unlike interstitial, You cannot decide what will be the ad frequency or even what share of users will watch an ad right so in reward video we are measuring two kpis we are measuring engagement rate which means what share of your users watch at least one rewarded video per day and then we are measuring we are measuring usage rate which means for the engaged users on average how many impressions they get per day right so we see that the average numbers for instance are 35 percent engagement rate and and 4.5 uh, usage rate. This means that in general, you're generating about 1.3 impressions per daily active users. So if you have 1 million daily active users, you have 1.3 million impressions a day. And, and, and by adding five different placements with different rewards, you are kind of addressing the different needs of different groups of your users. Some of your users will watch a video to get one more live. Some of the users are not interested in lives. They, are, they have a short sessions. They have short sessions usually, but they will watch a video if, if they will be able to shorten the waiting time for the chest. And other will watch a video for a different reason. And, and usually when you have five placements with different rewards, you see that the engagement rate climbs to 40, 50, 60, even 70% of your users, unlike one placement that is only 10% of your users. And of course, I always recommend to do it gradually. And to abitus because again at the end of the day we all have one goal to maximize LTV add placement see what happens to retention and total LTV and another placement see that everything supports your LTV by the way it can cannibalize in one phase your IP but if it if it if it eats five percent of IP but then it generates incremental incrementality of more than that and your total LTV goes up got it regarding the inventory so So with, with several instances where, where players can access video ads, so, uh, do you see that there's any inventory issues? Because, you know, back in the days when, when anonymization started, you couldn't, for example, have enough inventory in, in countries like Vietnam or other ones. So is that still an issue or, or should developers not worry about, about the, uh, the inventory not, not, not being there? I think that today, uh, in terms of fill rate, There is almost no issue definitely definitely knowing the biggest countries right in tier one tier two co- countries in tier three countries 
depends. I, I, I recommend that if you have many users from tier three countries, always have uh, make sure to have Facebook and AdMob as networks in your game because they usually have a very global campaigns. But in general, even in Vietnam or other uh, countries, even ad networks like IronSource, AppLab, and Unity Ads should have almost 100% free rate because in the performance world, and this is what we always educate our advertisers, you should have a worldwide campaign as an advertiser with the right price, right? Maybe in India, your LTV is very low, but maybe you can buy there a user for one cent and to have a great margin. So what we educate, and usually we, we, we make it happen, is that advertisers in a performance world should buy all along, like all, all around the globe with all uh, countries with the right price and the right ROAS uh, uh, goal. And if we do it, then fill rate should be good. But in general, even today, fill rate is, is, is not a big deal. I think that, by the way, if you have multiple placements and everything, here fill rate can be different depending on the technology of the mediation. So here the tech can affect more about, about how many uh, pre-cache do you do, how many SDKs do you load simultaneously. If you are acting too slow, then maybe you'll miss the opportunity to show an impression in Vietnam because you uh, uh, initiated only one SDK and you didn't pre-cache enough videos if you have more videos that are being shown immediately and one after another. So I think that in general, it should be good. And if the tech Got is it. solid, okay. that, that makes, that makes sense. even with five different placements. So uh, a, lot of, a lot of information, um, I mean, overwhelming amount of information. I'm for sure listening to this, to this podcast several times. But can you, can you uh, at the last element, can you talk about demonization trends in 2019 maybe 2020 like like where are things going uh what what should developers be prepared for and uh what should they be investing into yeah so uh first of all i think that the one of the important things of course is moving into programmatic world if you're asking me it's going to happen somewhere in mid 2019 so we will start seeing uh, some programmatic impressions uh, probably already in Q1, in a month from now. Uh, currently, by the way, Facebook is probably the only ad network that can bid programmatically via their SDK because there is a challenge here both for SDK, both for pre-cash, both for converting performance campaigns into a bid. Uh, but Facebook is already there and, and ad networks uh, are following it. And I think that by mid-2019, we'll already see nice portion of the revenue uh, being made by programmatic. Um, what important, and I recommend all the different players, is that, again, just like everything, and I'm sorry to repeat it, A-B test. Uh, so what we did, for instance, in Aronsos Mediation is before going live with programmatic, we built an A-B testing tool that allows you to, uh, uh, to divide your traffic, your users, into a few groups and go live with programmatic only with one group. Because we don't really know, and, and, and it might, SDKs might, not all of them will use in the programmatic auctioning, and might, maybe the technology will take a little bit uh, more time. And, and, and in the long term, we see that programmatic will grow ECPM, they will improve and, and, and increase revenue. In the short term, it can take time. It can take a few months, and it can take more than that. And, and again, what we recommend is always A-B test C and adopt it. Uh, uh, gradually. Another thing that we, we are building at least in Hiron Source is hybrid uh, waterfall. It means that you can use both programmatic and historical data waterfall or manual position waterfall like you have today simultaneously, right? So you can have programmatic and if the if no one is serving a programmatic impression, then the fallback is to move to a 
similar waterfall as you have today with manual position, multiple instances, or even auto-optimization depends on, on, on your wish. So again, programmatic is a big trend, but do it smartly, do it slowly, and just make sure that once you are moving to programmatic, it actually uh, in a place that attack is solid and the performance and the networks are there and you can actually increase your LTV. This definitely will be one. I think that everything around ad data have to be improved in, in, in our industry. And I think that this is probably the, 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 the topic that we are all way too behind, right? So ad, ad, user ad revenue and ad data have to be measured today. Many of, today, I would say that most of the developers not even measure. They don't even know what is their user ad revenue per user. They just know what is their average LTV in the United States iOS. So it has to be measured. It has to be used for your user acquisition. And once you really use it for user acquisition, you will see that your scale will go up and your average ECPM will go up because you are buying more of the right users that are being served with the highest line items. Uh, you have to also use it and to build more sophisticated and, and, and um, ad monetization strategy. So I think that we have to match the level of sophistication around IAP also for ads. I don't think that you have you should have only one ad monetization strategy for all of your users. This is what I show you. I give you two placements. I kept it to two impressions per day, and this is the reward. No, I think that you have to have the ability to build different monetization strategy, ad monetization strategies, just like IAP, and to serve them to different group of users, right? Users that are not going to pay. You should have, you should have placements with higher reward so you will have higher engagement rate, more rewarded video impressions, and more revenue for rewarded video because they are not going to pay. And why not? The only way, the only reason to have not that high of reward is that you don't want to compete with, with your IAP. But if you understand there is no IAP for this group of users, why not offering them double the reward and generating double the engagement rate? So I think that everything around data and getting the data, use the data for user acquisition and use the data for optimize the ad monetization strategy is, is, is one of the most important things to do in 2019. I personally think that casual and hyper-casual trend is only going to grow. So there are many, many questions about it. What do you think about uh, next year? But I think it both in the investor perspective and we see different uh, hyper-casual publishers and developers raising money with a nice valuation. And, and, and we also see that many, many non-hyper-casual developers from social casino to to midcore games opening a, a hyper casual branch i don't think that it's going to end soon i think it's, it's it opened a new uh, a part of the market and it's here to stay and it's going to be very strong in 2019 i think that publishing is going to going to grow uh, if you're asking me again maybe it depends also correlated to with the hyper casual trend but more companies getting into the publishing uh, uh, model and uh, helping two uh, people from specific city that have a great mind to develop a nice, simple game to make it a business and a big one. And, and I All think right. that's, that's a good one. So I, I have I had only one question. Those are, those are both predi good predictions. I had a, so the, the last question that I have is, is basically for, um, well, it's what, what do we developers always think about. So we think about the benchmarks, like who do we got to beat? So what I'm asking you is, what is the ad LTV uh, in an in-app purchase-driven game as well as an ad LTV in an ad revenue-driven game uh, that, that you should be aiming for that is like a 
that is that is the high standard. So how much money can I make in in those games um, from from a user through ads? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for for hyper casual, I would say that for ARP DAO average revenue per daily active users in the US, anything uh, uh, more than ten cents uh, is a good number. Fifteen cents is, is a great number. Five cents is weak. And if we look at the LTV, so if we uh, also adding retention and 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 uh, here, I think that anything that is more than seventy uh, cents for ad based hyper casual game. Mm-hmm. It's a solid LTV uh, to buy users as long as the game is marketable, right? So one of the important things to understand is at the end of the day, even a game with 20 cents LTV can be a, an insane success of if it is so marketable that you can buy users for 10 cents because the IPM are insane. But 70 cents, let's say on average is, is a good number. But again, if your game, if your IPMs and your marketability creatives is insane, you can also have a 40 cents uh, LTV and you will get great scale. So anything in this uh, around, I think that for non-hyper-casual IAP-based uh, games which show a, a lower amount of impressions, today I think that 5 cents is a good uh, uh, number to generate uh, uh, revenue. Uh, uh, but I think that, again, if we become more sophisticated and we ha- if we will have different strategies per different segments, and we will squeeze the lemon What uh, as, as part of what we discussed here. You can definitely go also to 10 cents for non-hyper-casual, and then to have 50-50 ads uh, IAP revenue, which is significant. Thank you, Nadav. That, that, that helps me a lot now that I uh, start looking at base. our numbers and <laughs> what what do we have to, how much we have to add to to be on the, uh, on the great level. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm... I'm done. I mean, I've, I've, I think I've, I'm, I'm overwhelmed by information. As I said, I will listen to this podcast several times and, and, and write more, more notes on it. And thank you so much for, for lab, elaborating the, uh, the world of, of ad monetization, the growing world of ad monetization. Yeah. Thank you a lot for hosting me. And, uh, you know, again, it's a topic. I found it fascinating. And I think that there is so much to do in this world to, and we can all get much better and, and make much more. Uh, if we'll Perfect. Just be Let's jump on this next year and, and see how your predictions and, worked and, and out and what has changed in the, uh, in the ad monetization world. Thank you. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Bye. Looking forward to it. Thanks. Goodbye. Thank you. And thanks to our great sponsors, Sensor Tower, that always provides that great data on the mobile games market, and Game Refinery for providing that qualitative data to support all that great data provided by Sensor Tower. Now, leave a comment and let us know what you liked about this episode and what you didn't. Um, You can send me a note personally through Twitter or LinkedIn. And please do rate and subscribe if you you enjoyed this podcast. Tune in next week. Bye.